6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. The fall sitting of the Alberta legislature is underway and the government... Well, it says jobs, diversifying the economy and fighting COVID-19 will be the focus. Very similar to the last session. Uh, House Leader Jason Nixon said the government plans to introduce between 18 and 20 bills during the sitting, which is scheduled to run until the first week of December. And you know what? It really is an opportunity as well for the UCP government to try to right its sinking ship and dig itself out of the polling basement. Dr. Dwayne Brad is a professor of political science at Mount Royal University. Dwayne joining us this afternoon. Hey, welcome back to the show. Hey, Jalen. Thanks for joining me. So, uh, as I said, kind of more of the same jobs diversifying the economy and COVID-19, not necessarily unexpected, though, considering that is really what's on the mind, I think, of a lot of Albertans. Absolutely, although I think you're going to see two different agendas at work in the legislature. I think the, the government has one agenda of what they want to pursue, and obviously the NDP has a very separate agenda. So they've uh, the UCP's got a list of bills that they want to bring through, and this is sort of been the pattern since they were elected is they've been passing a lot of legislation mm-hmm. and then they talk about look at how many bills we mm-hmm. did look at what we accomplished uh, but I don't think the average Albertan is sitting there going well you know they, they passed 18 bills they, they're doing a great job uh, it's it's what's in the bills and, and what's not and then for the NDP they are going to focus uh, on a laser beam mm-hmm. on COVID um, they want to see a, a public inquiry uh, uh, the government has responded and said, well, we'll create an all-party committee at some time in the future, uh, which isn't quite the, the same thing. <laughs> no, not at all. So well, you, you've touched on a couple of things I want to dig a little bit deeper in on. You know, we know uh, the numbers, the COVID numbers starting to come down. There's uh, an ease in the hospitals, in the ICU. And I and I get the sense that, um, you know, the Jason Kenney government, um, you know, c- going to continue to focus on this, but really wants to kind of get back on what it... <laughs> had planned to do before the pandemic. So how does it find that balance between dealing with that pandemic and all the things that it wants to do? Well, uh, I mean, it's notable uh, and, and not surprising that the cases and ICUs and hospitalizations and even deaths have rapidly declined since they brought in a vaccine mandate mm-hmm. in September. I think the bigger question is why it took so long and why between let's say mid-August and today, 700 Albertans lost their lives. Mm -hmm. So it's not the situation now that I think we need to look at. It is what what happened in August, September, and October, and even going back to you know the the best summer ever. Mm. Uh, I, those those are very important questions uh, that that do need to get uh, answered on. Uh, Dwayne Brad joining us this afternoon. We know that Jason Kenney's polling has been rock bottom over the past uh, the past uh, number of of months. How can Premier Kenney bounce back in the polls? How can this government bounce back? Do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to do that um, and uh, virtually uh, impossible for them to do that. Uh, but there that? are a Why couple. Is that, Dwayne? Just uh, no one has recovered from this depth before. Mm. Since we have had modern polling, 
The only governments that have even approached this were Brian Mulroney's progressive conservative government just before he resigned in the early 90s, and Alison Redford provincially just before she resigned. So we do not have a past record of some party, some premier, going into 20% approval rating and all of a sudden getting it above uh, 50. So it's possible that Jason Kenney's going to be the first, and I, I think there's there's a couple things that they're going to hope and, and bank on, but uh, it, it would be absolute precedent setting. So this, um, you know, NDP obviously seeing this as a, you know, uh, an opportunity to continue to capitalize on what's been going on and increase their numbers. Well, you don't even have to go beyond COVID, or you no. can go beyond COVID, right? So we had the Allen inquiry that got released on, mm-hmm. on Thursday. Um, all you need to know is that the author of the report and the premier who commissioned the report weren't at the press yeah. conference announcing it. That kind of tells you what's in there. So although Sonia Savage declared a victory on that, the rest of the public is looking back going, actually, that's a pretty embarrassing defeat. We've got a referendum that we're going to find out the results of tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. but already indications are the UCP is going to declare victory because they got over 50% of Albertans to agree to try to change the Constitution around equalization. I think when they launched this initiative back in 2019, they expected that they would get 80%, you know, not 56 mm-hmm. or 57%. And voter turnout on this question is going to look like it's below 40%. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I anticipate that they'll claim victory on that, just like they claim victory on the Allen inquiry, just like they will now claim victory on COVID fourth wave. But those aren't victories. And the question is, is anybody convinced of this that's not already a hardcore UCPer? That, that's the challenge that they've got. Dwayne, what, what, what does the UCP government do with these referendum numbers? I mean, if it's, you know, if it's 50 and a bit, uh, you know, how much of a, uh, you know, a, a big stick is this? It's, it's not really, is well, it? There, well, there's, there's two aspects to it. The first is if you rely on the secession reference case from the Supreme Court that talked about a clear question with a clear majority. Mm-hmm. I think the question was absolutely crystal clear, but what the premier and proponents wanted was not what was being asked. So they weren't, they weren't, they didn't want people to say, should we change the constitution? They said, please give us a mandate, give us uh, leverage to negotiate on other matters, uh, whether that's pipelines, whether that's perceived anti-oil uh, legislation. The second aspect of that is you need a clear majority. And I'm not sure high 50% with voter turnout below 50% equals that clear uh, majority. So the problem is is he's got to do negotiations now um, and he doesn't have the overwhelming support yeah. of Albertans behind him. And he is also unpopular with Albertans. That's going to make it very difficult to pursue that. On the issue of daylight savings time, we still have to see the results. But that also looks like it's going down to, uh, to defeat. 
And one of the criticisms that people had who voted no is that they asked the wrong question. Yeah. Yeah. That they would have supported permanent sa- um, uh, standard time, mm. but not permanent daylight savings time. So you're thinking, well, what sort of, dis- who came up with that idea? <laughs> you know, because there are lots of Albertans who absolutely hate changing their clocks. Um, my, I joke, my wife is one of them. Yeah, yeah. But given the alternative of walking to school with in the dark uh, throughout winter, Maybe we're better off doing what we're doing. Wayne, before I let you go, I, I mean, it seems for the time being, I mean, I, you know, a month ago it was a whole different story. It sounded like um, Jason Kenney's leadership, well, it was, Jason Kenney's leadership was, you know, in teetering on, on the brink. It seems that the, the, the discourse that was being made quite publicly has been quelled. What are you hearing or what are you expecting to I, see? I, I think no? it's, it's quiet. That doesn't necessarily it's, mean it's, it, it's gone away. Yeah. And I, uh, I think the, the UCP government took a hit on Monday. Um, and people will say, well, it's a municipal election, it's not a provincial election. Well, you've got Amrjit Sohi, a former Trudeau cabinet minister, natural resource minister, becomes mayor of Edmonton. Uh, I think that's a pretty strong rebuke to the county government. You listen to uh, Stephen Carter, Jody Gondek's campaign manager, and he says, we never campaigned against Jeremy Farkas. We might have you know, mentioned him three times. Yeah. We campaigned against Jason Kenney. So I, I think if I'm a, a, a UCP member and I look at the federal results and I look at the municipal results, even though um, the UCP and Jason Kenney were not on the ballot, I've got to be very concerned with what I'm seeing. Never, never a dull moment in Alberta politics. My no, gosh, exactly. Dwayne. Oh, we could just pump the brakes for a little bit. That would be nice. Uh, uh, that would be nice. <laughs> Dwayne, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Always enjoy our conversations. Thank you. Okay, see you, Jelly. Yeah, take care. Dr. Dwayne Bratt checking in this afternoon, a political science professor at the Mount Royal University. We will continue to bring you the latest from the legislature as, as news unrolls. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, you know, the House leader saying that they plan to introduce between 18 and 20 bills. You'll find out the details of all of those as well right here on 630 Chad.